This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. It's another apocalyptic prediction about to come true. Winds of death sweep across the world, and whole continents will be cast adrift in an ocean of blood. Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, action, exploitation, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1970s to today. Be sure and check out reallyawfulmovies.com for reviews, interviews, lists, and terrific movie giveaways. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 56, Dario Argento's Phenomena. Yes. This is a, a special episode in the sense we're playing the Phenomena soundtrack we got on the turntable. And, uh, you know, when people uh, say to me, why do you like horror? I, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but I mean, if, if I had to put my finger on it, I would say Dario Argento. I love this man. I mean, this guy, when I first got into horror, I mean, you know, I, I've talked about this in the past, but I mean, you know, you start off with your Fridays, your Nightmares, your Halloweens, but then you start hearing about these masters, right? Yeah. That come from, you know... The parts unknown. Parts unknown. Like in wrestling. This case, yeah. In this case, Italy. Yeah. And I remember hearing about Dario Argento and one film in particular, Suspiria, and doing whatever I could to track down that movie. And when I finally did, I was my mind was blown. I was introduced to a whole new world of horror. And then from Suspiria, I went on to watch Tenebrae, and I went on to watch his early Giallo films, you know, your Cat of Nine Tales, your Footfalls in Grey Velvet, and eventually, you know, it's going on and on, I made my way to Phenomena, and this is, this is a phenomenal movie. I mean, this is Dario's uh, ninth film. He made this one right in between Tenebrae and Opera, which are stone-cold masterpieces. This is a masterpiece. This is 1985. This stars a young Jennifer Connelly, a 15-year-old Jennifer Connelly, in her second role ever. Um, yeah, obviously best known for the harrowing and crazy Requiem for a Dream. I would say harrowing and heroin-related. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, you know, I, a lot of people remember um, a young Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth, and that was 1986. That was after... Phenomena. Dario actually saw uh, Connolly in her very first movie, Once Upon a Time in America, which is an incredible swan song by Sergio Leone. Yeah, spaghetti and, western. Uh, well, this would be, he took it and made mm-hmm. it into sort of a gangster yeah. uh, type of movie. And he saw her and said, I want this girl for my movie, Phenomena. So he imported, uh, you know, Jeff Connolly to, uh, I guess, Italy or Switzerland, and, um, and they made this movie. So this predates Labyrinth by one year. So yeah, Dario's ninth film, Jennifer Connelly's in it, Donald Pleasance is in it. Mm-hmm. How, how much better can you get than Donald Pleasance? No. I mean, the man is uh, a treasure. I love yeah, he Loomis is large in this movie. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's okay. That's I'll, terrible. I'll forgive it. I'll forgive <laughs> that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this when this movie begins, um, we're in the Swiss Alps, and... Mm-hmm. We start by seeing, and uh, I just gonna say, right from the beginning, I mean, Dario Argento, I mean, the guy has been referred to as the Italian Hitchcock, okay? 
And a lot of that is because of his earlier uh, Yellow films, which were straight up sort of murder mystery, right? Yeah. And the fact he could build suspense. And then when it came to, um, we started with, like with Suspiria and Inferno and this film. We started, and, you know, throwing in some supernatural elements. But I mean, the other thing is he was—he's a master with the camera. He's a master with visuals. You know, I mean, the man is a painter. With, the with blood, cinema. as you said and earlier, blood, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So beautiful. I mean, right away, we're in the Swiss Alps, and this film looks fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. It's 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 amazing. And there's a bus, and this girl misses the bus, and she's uh, trying yeah. to find her way. You know, she's beside herself. She's yep. lost. She's panicking. Yep, and she enters a home. And, you know, I'm a foreigner. I'm a foreigner. Help me. I missed my bus. Yeah, somebody help me. And all of a sudden, like, there's this, this this thing that we see chained, right? Yes. And, and, and something gets loose. And before you know it, the chain is wrapped around uh, this girl's neck. Mm-hmm. And scissors are... Yeah, emerge and slice into her hand. Right yeah. into her hand. And I got to say, I mean, this is, this is beautiful. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And this is going to say, you're going to say, oh, my God, like... You know, a girl, uh, a girl, uh, you know, strangled by a chain and sc- stabbed with scissors. Is that beautiful? <laughs> the way he shoots it, it's fucking gorgeous. And yeah. then she runs and she finds herself in this grotto, mm-hmm. and there's a waterfall, and this music is making me want to talk like this, <laughs> you know. And she's being chased, and all of a sudden she's pushed back into this plate of glass, and she's being stabbed. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the weapon, Chris? Uh, a pike, like a long, silvery, sharp spike, mm-hmm. and, and and that's fashioned into a spear that's in two, and that and the the way they draw the scene out makes it so much worse than if it was just your average knife. It just it's fashioned like a almost like a Roman pointing spear or something, and it's put together and then used. It just adds a new dimension of of horror to it mm-hmm. as she's, you know, speared decapitated and yep. sent into this waterfall. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you know, as she's um, getting um, stabbed and getting, you know, her head falls through this plate of glass, she gets decapitated and her head falls down this waterfall in beautiful slow-mo. Yeah. And I'm going to keep using these, this, the word beautiful and gorgeous to describe, you know, scenes that are otherwise horrific, but that's the magic of Argento, right? So then... The, I guess the film proper begins and we're introduced to this uh, entomologist um, played by Don Pleasant. and he mm-hmm. plays Professor McGregor and he's confined to a wheelchair and there's 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 a killer about in this in this Swiss area mm-hmm. um, interestingly called the Swiss Transylvania yes and they the inspectors go to this entomologist professor of insects mm-hmm. For his help in... And the, obviously, they've somebody's found a severed head. Found and, the head. We assume yeah, the girl's yeah. beginning, right? And, uh, you know, obviously... And this is like uh, eight months hence, because yes. of the decomposition. Yep. Yeah, there's this, uh, lots of detail uh, about the forensics and use of bugs to determine uh, body decomposition. And this is, you know, as I said, very detailed. There's lots of science in this thing, and we go through the larvae and the pupa and the stages of what bugs are introduced to a corpse when mm-hmm. and, and this goes on for like 10 to 15 minutes and so we learn more than we ever wanted to from you know any episode of bones or csi yep. that we would have ever you know imagined and then 
we should say that this guy, he, he, as you mentioned, he's disabled. And he has a man Friday who's not really a man, but... Inga. He's, it's a female. It's, Inga. It's, yeah, Inga. But it's not even of our species. It's a simian. It's a simian. <laughs> it's his helper monkey, yep. uh, Inga. Yep. Whose, whose ass is rather distracting <laughs> and who helps him, uh, I guess, uh, you know, procure different items that are too, you know, far beyond his reach. Yep. And he, he points this monkey in with his laser pointer. Yeah, sort of like a monkey shines, George Romero. Yes, there, there's yeah. A similar, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was thinking that too, yeah. Yep. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, you know, he's got this, at one point he pulls away this curtain sort of thing, covering up a cave, and there's a, and severed, there's a head, severed head. And, and maggots and, eating and it. Well decomposed yes. maggots eating it. And yeah. he surmised that it's been eight months and 15 days mm-hmm. since... 15 days since, since it was... You go, yeah. It's been eight <laughs> months and 15 <laughs> days since you've locked uh, my hand away. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, really like, disgusting. But yeah, there's a killer about. Anyway, mm-hmm. next thing you know, we're being introduced to the character of uh, Jennifer Corvino. And this is played yes. by Jennifer Connolly. And she's... Um, Sent to this uh, this school in the uh, in the Swiss Alps, and yes, uh, it's and the Richard Wagner International School for Girls. Yes, and this is sort of harkens back to Suspiria, which also had sort of a strange school in the middle of nowhere. Although that was obviously ballet, and this is just an international school for right. like English speakers, like diplomats, kids, that kind of thing. Yeah, and Corvino, uh, Jennifer Corvino, uh, is uh, the daughter of a film star named yes. Paul Corvino. Not to be confused with Paul Sorvino from oh, Goodfellas exactly. or Miras. Mm-hmm. Sorvino. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, you mentioned Suspiria earlier, and uh, uh, I was introduced to that far earlier, and at the, this time, uh, you know, I was into all these typical guy-goes-on-a-rampage movies with girls sequestered in a house, and and the maggots and the ballet school of Suspiria and the supernaturalness of it. Mm-hmm. I was too young to appreciate how amazing that was till I saw it again and then realized how just mind-blowing that well, was. Well, I will say, like, I mean, I, when it comes to my top ten favorite horror films, Suspiria is number one. When it comes really? To, oh, yeah. When it comes to my top ten favorite movies, I would say Suspiria is at least in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do vacillate between Suspiria and Bride of Frankenstein, depending upon my, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I mean, yeah, Suspiria is, is my absolute favorite. But I mean, this... I really have a soft spot in my heart for this one here phenomenon. I just, I love it. So, I mean... Yeah, well, it takes the otherworldly aspect of that. It's like a school in the middle of nowhere. And a weird, ethereal, uh, odd... Otherworldly, as I said, because everyone is, of course, speaking different languages. And it just adds to mm-hmm. the sense of discomfort and discombobulation. And you almost the, feel like a tourist. And to add to the sense of discombobulation, um, Jennifer suffers from uh, narcolepsy. Well, it's not narcolepsy. Sorry, what, is, what, what, what do you call when someone sleepwalks? Is there a I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah. She's a sleepwalker. Yeah, yeah. And whenever, you know, she is, so she's like tossing and turning and she even has visions at certain points of like people who are going to be, you know, people getting dispatched in very, you know, gruesome ways and these sort of, they're almost like premonitions, right? Yes, and this is foreshadowed by like her being a uh, 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 an oddball. Uh, she's introduced to her French roommate. And now, this is a boarding school, yeah. and her roommate Sophie, and, and she she admits that she's a vegetarian, which is odd for this kind of a movie filmed in 1985. And all that's been left there to eat is 
baby food for Sophie's younger brother that her parents were there visiting her yeah. and so she takes this baby food and starts eating it with a, with a toothbrush there's no spoon available. there's no spoon yeah, yeah. and yeah. so this this foreshadows her like that she's the outsider and she's the oddball yep and when the head mistress comes in who's obviously the stern Teutonic type who tells them you know go to bed and they, what are you guys doing you recalcitrant you know no good nicks you know put away your posters and all this stuff and trying to prevent them from being you know having interests like typical teen girls mm-hmm. and she is obviously the outcast right from the beginning yep. and the, her sleepwalking comes into prominence later yep and, and, and when she does sleepwalk I mean there's always this uh, it's always um, preceded by this incredible uh, shot of like this long white hallway with with yeah doors on all you know like just doors on like it's almost like a, a corridor with with you know like in a yeah you mentioned Stanley Kubrick very Kubrickian yeah. yes and then um, yeah and then the, the, the music is pounding and driving and everything and uh, yeah and then all of a sudden you know she's just walking and she's seeing these these things and experiencing these things and then one of her um, I guess she's kind of half asleep half awake. She sees a murder. She witnesses mm-hmm. a murder, and it's another just gloriously bloody, beautiful murder. Uh, another one of the uh, one of the uh, the schoolgirls, one of her yep. classmates, and um, then she gets uh, picked up by these uh, kind of these Swiss hooligans. I don't know what you want to call them. Yeah, I guess she's she awakens because she's barefoot and wandering around uh, this abandoned sort of mansion. She emerges in, in some woods and stumbles out onto the road and she's hit by a car driven mm-hmm. by these two Swiss idiots. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, word, yeah. Who, who uh, they, uh, initially, they appear to be good Samaritans and they say, oh, you know, they ask her in various European languages, <laughs> you know, are you okay? And, and they help her too. She comes too, they help her up. But then it turns out they just throw her into their car mm-hmm. and, and start almost like, uh, sort of abusing her. And, sure, and yeah. she's trying yeah. to, you know, s- scream. Rest herself free. And yeah. Everything. And she ends up rolling out of her car and down a hill and um, into the clutches of Inga. Yes. <laughs> and then she meets up with Donald Pleasance. Yeah. And they start to develop this fast uh, friendship. And yeah, because Donald Pleasance's lab is right by the roads, conveniently located yeah. by the roadside where this, this Swiss duo hit her with their car. And yeah, they develop a kinship because uh, Donald Pleasance is an entomologist. Mm-hmm. He studies bugs, and she—I don't know if I want to say—I don't know—Gregor Samsor from the Metamorphosis, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Kafka. He turns into a bug, and this woman has a kinship she with a kinship bugs. With she's like the she some sort of psychic bond. She's, she's like the, the Saint Francis Assisi of insects so she she talks to bugs and bugs respond to her I think the 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 good doctor says at some point like um, one of the the bugs was emitting some sort of pheromones or something and she they were attracted to her Mm mhm like she's almost like the queen bee, or I don't even know if that's right. I don't know. Yep. I don't remember anything. In and you know what I mean? Like look, it's it, kind of disturbing. Like she's fifteen, yep, buxom in a nightgown, in panties, and walking around. And there's something about bugs sort of smelling her and being enticed by her. Something very disturbing about that 
Do you? Hey. <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I'm just not going to say it. Cause, you know. yeah. But, I mean, I've, I've had like a lifelong crush on Jennifer Connelly, yes. so I mean, you know, I don't want yeah. to say it. But, um, so yeah, her and, uh, and uh, Dr. Uh, or Professor McGregor developed mm-hmm. this friendship, and she starts to realize her, uh, her kinship and her affinity with bugs. And, um, you know, meanwhile, back at the school, I mean, she's starting to become feel like a freak, and they want to submit her to this EEG test, and figure out what's going on with her and yeah they 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 you know and she she insists oh i've i've been checked by the best doctors in america there's nothing there's nothing wrong with me but they basically force her to you know attach electrodes to her scalp and yep. to see what's wrong with her they think she's an epileptic they accuse her of being on drugs mm-hmm. they say it's it's and probably rightly so that's not normal to be walking around <laughs> You know, barefoot uh, around these strange, eerie, abandoned mansions mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, and waking up by the side of the road. Yeah. So, well, one thing I want to say, though, I mean, like, when you consider the fact that I mean, this film was made in 1985, right? And this this character, Jennifer Corvino, I mean, she had a lot of like, I mean, agency in the sense that, like there was never a time when I felt like she was never fully in control. Do you know what I no. mean? And you know, a lot of times in the genre, especially in the um, 70s and 80s, it was maligned for the fact that there, it was a very misogynistic genre. And yes, you do have you have women being killed by this unseen killer. But I mean, this character played by Jennifer Connelly, I mean, she was—I'm not gonna say a tough chick, but there was something about her. Like you knew she always had this sort of the sense of like, no matter what's happening, I'm in control. Yeah, you know, even when she's swimming in a in an infested. Pit full of maggots and like pit, yeah. body, uh, body, body uh, remains and yeah. remains of bodies. You always see there was something. You, know, you always knew that this she was going to come out on top. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, later on, her roommate Sophie sneaks out to meet her boyfriend, and uh, of course Jennifer once again sleepwalks, and uh, and Sophie sort of meets the killer and gets mm-hmm. um, you know gets killed and. Um, and then and Jennifer finds this uh, this glove. This yes. Glove. And uh, she's led to the glove by a, by a firefly. Yeah, because she has a kinship with the fireflies. Mm-hmm. And uh, she takes a glove to the doctor, and you know he start, he notices the maggots on it, and they and they sort of like think, okay, whoever is doing this, whoever is killing these women. Somehow through the insects, you know, you can find out where they are. This where they, sounds, yeah, it's very convoluted. It sounds ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but when you watch the movie, it's it's it makes total sense. It's yeah. totally incredible. Now, so she comes back to her class, uh, to her school, and she starts getting mocked. Right? Yes. Like, oh, you talk to bugs. Oh, I'm a spider. Uh, you know, I can control you. All this stuff. I don't know. A little bit like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a lot. There, obviously, kids are. Kids are mean and right. uh, picking apart anyone's weakness, and uh, that is obviously one. If you have a, you have a telepathic, as well, the doctor described, that, ability to yeah. talk to insects. Well, that's not a weakness. <laughs> I mean, that's a strength. Because all of a sudden, she get, she goes to this sort of trance, and you know, bright lights and hair. Yeah, back. and as she's being bullied, she she summons the power of the flies. Right, right, and they. Come swarm. They swarm. Yeah, the school, very, very almost Carrie-esque, Carrie yeah. White, but you know her telepathic ability involves insects, and they swarm the school. And then, you know, uh, it's it's funny because I mean earlier on, one of the, the headmistress, you know, she's she's calling uh, Jennifer evil. She's calling her Beelzebub because Beelzebub is the Lord of the, the Lord flies. Of the flies. So, well, this is the Lady of the Flies, right? Mm-hmm. But there's nothing evil about uh, Jennifer. She just has this ability to this affinity of insects. Meanwhile, you know, 
there is this killer that's loose within the uh, the vicinity. Mm-hmm. Often these young girls. In fact, uh, besides Sophie, um, Pleasance had an assistant named Greta, mm-hmm. who was also killed. So she was killed as well. Yeah. And uh, is it spoiling things to say that uh, within the Don Pleasance gets? Uh, yeah, like, speared. Yeah, he gets speared. Oh, okay, okay. And unfortunately, yeah. yeah, when he when he gets speared, poor Doll Plus. I mean, he's he's you know he's a paraplegic and he's on this on one of those uh, stair stair things, yeah. right? And yeah. He, what do you call those things? They go up and down the stairs and uh, yeah, to help uh, yeah. The assisted living, you know, a motorized thing to help him uh, go to his second floor in his wheelchair. And there's a, a killer in a, in a hat and a trench coat. And you can't really see the face. No. And, and poor Inga, the monkey, the monkey is outside. Literally going apeshit. Yeah, <laughs> very good, very good. Knowing that something's gonna yeah. happen, and Pleasance is is there, and he's stuck in between the floors, and then the killer brings Pleasance down right into right this into the spear, yeah. spear, and then right into the gut. And then Inga is beside herself. Inga, it, her, her yeah. master is being has been, uh, you know, kebabbed mm-hmm. as it were, and yeah, you know. And Inga no longer has a master, and she's wandering aimlessly and picks up a straight razor. And that will come into play later on, too. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to go that far into spoiler no, territory. No. But, but, yeah, a monkey wielding a straight razor, that's something I'd never seen before. Yeah. And I was happy to do so. Now, <laughs> Jennifer wants to get the fuck out of there. Of course. She, she doesn't want to be killed. She wants to get. She doesn't want to be murdered. She's trying to get a hold of her father. Her father yeah, is... Yeah, her father is obviously, you know... Uh, you, you know Big shot actor is shooting a movie in L.A. Keep talking. And, I have uh, to flip sides on the record. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her her father is you know working on a film and obviously being a big time A list actor he's got an agent. So young Jennifer Shapiro. Yeah, Shapiro is the agent. Uh, Jennifer goes into a Swiss bank, the Schweizer Bank, and tries to get I guess money wired over to her via via her uh, her you know her father's agent. Unsuccessful as it turns out. Because the headmistress, I guess, was it or one one of them? Uh, yeah, this is this is Frau Bruckner. Frau right? Bruckner, yeah. And this is played by Daria Nicolodi, who was actually Dario Argento's wife. Mm-hmm. And um, she, she comes in and re- reassures the Jennifer that, oh, it's taken care of. I've yeah. spoken to your yeah. father. I'll get the money to you. We'll have a flight back to Los Angeles for you the next day. You're going to be fine. And mm-hmm. she insists, I want to get out of the school. Uh, I'm being, you know, I, I, gotta, I can't spend another night in this place. For obvious reasons, she's being bullied and everyone around her seems to die. Mm-hmm. Reasons enough to get the hell out of Dodge. Now, I was say, Daria Nicolodi, I mean, she was in a number of uh, Argento films. She's also the mother of uh, her, of Ozzy Argento. Argento yeah. you know, the daughter. But yeah, so uh, she, she picks up uh, Jennifer and takes her back to her house. And... Um, <laughs> A lot of shit goes down. Yeah, a lot of shit goes down. I don't. I don't want to, you know, say too much because no. there's so much to discover in this movie. Um, She's not normal. She's diabolic. That's one of the lines. I, mean, I, <laughs> 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 I did do it justice there. But yeah, but I mean, She's we talked normal. about the we talked about the pitful of maggots and uh, yes. human remains. I mean. We, we mentioned a monkey with a stray razor. Yes. So, I mean, there's so much that, I mean... And, and this this uh, headmistress has got the uh, inspector from the Swiss canton uh, chained up in her basement. So she means business, and she's mean, and Jennifer has to get the hell mm-hmm. out of there. There's so, also, uh, there, there's, uh, there's a, um, let's say, a deformed dwarf who's, yes. uh, you know, chained up somewhere. There's, there's so much <laughs> There's so on. much, yeah. But, I mean, this movie is... It succeeds on so many levels. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, we were saying everything. 
you know, if you, if you take all the elements and you sort of separate them, it, w- it wouldn't work, right? But when you no. combine the amazing cinematography with the incredibly hypnotic music and this Claudio sound, Simonetti and, and Goblin, Goblin yeah. mm-hmm. but but also like some of the metal we grew up yeah, loving. I, mean, I was going to say this soundtrack, unfortunately, only I mean it's great. It only has the sort of incidental Goblin music, which is great. But there's also some really like hard rock songs by Iron Maiden. Uh, Motorhead, Motorhead yeah. even Bill Wyman, you know, who yeah, was the, the bass player, bass player from the Stones. Stones. Yep. Yeah, he uh, he contributes to the soundtrack. So you got the cinematography, you've got some solid acting. I mean, Jennifer Connelly is incredible. In She's movie. yeah, you know, um, really composed, really like strong in the lead. It's yep. amazing for someone who belies her age. And yep. She was great. You got some great, great kills. Some incredible yeah. gore. Incredible, and also just a ethereal, odd quality of just yeah. Uh, feeling out of place because things don't make sense everyone's speaking a different language they shift from one scene to the next you don't know if it's a dream or not it's just all the elements of of classic Italian gore yeah. the only kind of supernatural horror that we really like yeah and and then you know at the end of the day I mean you have uh, a master behind the camera and in his prime Argento. Mm-hmm. I mean you know we, I mentioned Bill Wyman I mean the Rolling Stones uh they had a period where they were untouched, you know? Yeah. It's like Stone Cold masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. Yeah. They didn't know when to say when, right? So... Well, Bill Wyman did. <laughs> he, he left did, the band, right? and when they turned to shit, yeah. and good for him, so but there yeah. Was, there was diminishing returns, and I mean, Argento is, uh, you know, I mean, he may not be as, uh, as a, much of a force as he used to be, but I mean, he still remains because of, like, you know, uh, at least half a dozen, if not more, just Stone Cold masterpieces. He is my favorite horror director. I've had the honor and pleasure of meeting the man. I've also met his daughter, Asia. But I mean, I I, I just I don't know. I, I wouldn't be the, the the horror fan I am today if not for Dario Argento. This film phenomena is it's I'm not gonna say it's his best movie. It's it is it is Dario is one of his personal favorites. Mm-hmm. But it's I think it's in the top four or five uh, Argento films, and it's it's amazing. I absolutely love it. I mean, for me, it's a four star movie, for sure. And then we're going to also be able to shortly compare it to Tenebrae, which we're going to examine. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's another one of my absolute favorites. Um, you know, the only thing I can say I've learned from this movie is that Argento's Prime is untouchable. I learned that every time Dar- uh, Donald Pleasance is on screen, it's an absolute treat. It's, it's, it really is. I love Donald yeah. Pleasance. And, yeah, I just... I just, I love it. That's all. I, it just reaffirmed my love for Argento. And bi- biblical references abound. There's a lake of fire. There's yeah. some uh, really harrowing scene with uh, Jennifer underwater trying to escape both the the flames mm-hmm. and and drown it. And it, but it's 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 mesmerizing as it's so beautiful yet mm-hmm. harrowing at the same time. And then and, she, but then she rises up and it's almost like baptismal. Yeah, you know what I mean. And she just emerges, and we won't spoil what happens when she finally emerges from. From the from the water, but it's mm, stunningly beautiful. <laughs> and then once you find her, they're, they're, then you're going to see all hell break loose. Something in a movie you've never seen no, before. No, if you haven't seen this one, so yeah. you know we're, if we're being coy, it's because we don't want to spoil too much. No, all we can say is go out there, watch Phenomena, watch Suspiria, watch Tenebrae, Opera, Canine Tales, Four Flies in Grey Velvet, uh, The Bird of the Crystal Plumage. Go on and on and on. I mean, mm-hmm. Dario Argento, I salute you. And for more, check, check out... Check out www.reallyawfulmovies.com and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.